0: Amen. If you'd turn to Acts 27 in your Bibles, please. Acts chapter 27. I was planning on spending uh, the whole service focusing on communion, and that is a sweet time and special. I know it will delay our uh, time trying to get through the book of Acts, but wonderfully and beautifully, as I was studying through, there was at least one good connection that connected to communion and so really just one a one-point sermon if you will and one connection and then we are going to uh, as a church family observe Lord's Supper and hopefully it will be a special and sweet time to you. Would you bow with me in prayer one more time please? Gracious Father it is truly good to be in the house of the Lord today. We praise you for the fact that we can sing not just because of some wonderful talent that developed a song or someone who put the words together in a beautiful way, but that we can sing because of a changed heart. We praise you in what we can learn of your grace, what we can know of forgiveness. We praise you that as we walk on our journey, that you continue to be patient with us and even open our eyes to uh, new ideas about this, where we can appreciate you more and love you more. God, as we very much so hold on to the promises that you have given, we would ask that you would bless this time, this special worship time today. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and give you a summary of Acts 27. And um, in a couple weeks, actually, we will come back to Acts 27 and go through it in more detail. And then, of course, Acts 28 is the final chapter in the book of Acts, and we'll finish our study there. Just for a summary for you of this, um, just to give us a launching pad to take us to the Lord's Supper. Once it was decided that Paul was going to go to Rome, you'll remember he appealed to Caesar, and he was going to be heard by Caesar. No time was lost in turning him over to a centurion named Julius. And you'll see his name there in Acts 27. And so the Apostle Paul, along with Luke, who penned uh, the, the story of Acts for us, the book of Acts, And Aristarchus, they all come along with Paul on this journey, and then they get on a boat. And this this is the majority of the time that we're going as we study it in detail. That we'll see in this chapter, Paul's sea voyage to Rome um, is highlighted, especially the storm caused shipwreck that he experiences, and it's at that time when God had predicted. And when God steps in and prevents the loss of any human life, think of a hurricane on the ocean. They were helpless. And when this came along, God kept his promise that no life would be lost. This chapter centers on the sovereignty of God in the life of Paul. We're going to spend time uh, going through that in detail, but I want to just highlight just the promise of God and hopefully connect that with you and connect it to communion for us. When we think of communion, it is probably common that you have heard um, some very familiar words over the years when you come to the communion table. And those words are, do this in remembrance of me. When Jesus Christ met with his followers, he wanted very much so for them to remember that special time. Jesus took that Passover meal that celebration time, and he transformed it into something that would continue into our day today. And we'll continue to do this as a local church until Jesus Christ comes back. We will remember the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his broken body. We will remember that day where I hope you have been able to find yourself in a way where you knew you needed him and you were undone, if I can use that word and you realize the price that was paid and the forgiveness that was offered, and you accepted him, Jesus Christ, to be your Lord and your Savior. A critical piece of Paul's encouragement while he is in this storm is the reminder that his God kept his promises. And I want to remind us today that our God, who cannot lie, he spoke to Paul, and he kept exactly true what he said would happen. And our God speaks to us. You have your Bible possibly on your lap, or maybe you have a device that has a Bible on it today. And this lesson is for you, that God is a promise keeper. Every promise that he has made, he will keep. I want to give you just a a couple promises that Jesus Christ gave when he was here in this world. If you did get a bulletin today, there was an insert that um, has uh, some passages. I think there's three of them there. And there's also just some reflection on that passage. I'm thankful for David Jeremiah's ministry and how they put that reflection down. But I do want to read a couple of those for you. It's from the message, so this might sound a little bit different. Um, These are familiar verses, and so as I read this uh, from the message, it will sound a little bit different than what you're used to, but I'm hoping it will connect and uh, maybe strike a chord with specific individuals this morning. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's from Matthew 11. I'm telling you these things, Jesus said, while I am still with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. That's from John 14. I put that handout on cardstock so you can take that with you. Uh, Maybe you can take it to the hospital to someone who needs some encouragement. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. And as you study the word of God, you'll find promise after promise that God cannot break. God is truth. We just need to be developing these and learning them and applying them to our hearts. Now, I've asked you to turn to Acts 27, and all I'm going to do is highlight the promise that God gave to the Apostle Paul. And it's an encouragement to him, but I want you to also see that it's an encouragement to those that are around him and even those who are not followers of Jesus Christ. I'm going to start reading in verse number 21 of Acts 27. I'll read down through verse number 25. It says this. So right in the middle of this storm, right in the middle of the story, it says, Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete, "'and incurred this injury and loss. "'Yet now I urge you to take heart, "'for there will be no loss of life among you, "'but only of the ship. "'For this very night there stood before me "'an angel of the God to whom I belong "'and whom I worship. "'And he said, "'Do not be afraid, Paul. "'You must stand before Caesar. "'And behold, God has granted you "'all those who sail with you. "'So take heart, men.' For I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. I know I'm not giving you a good sermon to take notes on today, but if you want to take some notes, that last line right there, wouldn't that be just the best line for you to repeat yourself when you need to remember the promises of God? Take heart. It will be exactly As I have been told, God has told us in his word what it will be. The word granted there gives the idea that Paul had actually asked for the lives of those on board with him to be spared. And God reveals to Paul that each one is going to live through this. Let's look again at the promise, verse number 30, down through 32. And as the sailors were seeking to escape, so here's some guys trying to get away because they thought that was their best chance to live. As the sailors were seeking to escape the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. God was going to save all of them. Paul tells the centurion that they needed to all stay together. There were 267 that got on the boat, and per God's promise, 267 would be accounted for. Now turn to the last two verses of the chapter, and we'll see this promise again. But the, So here they are. They've, already, they've run aground. They're getting ready to uh, try to swim for it. And verse 43 says, But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. Some of the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners so they didn't escape. Kept, from them, kept them from carrying out their plan, he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. The application for us is clear today. The God that we worship during this time, the God who was pleased to bruise his own son, almighty God in heaven who would sacrifice his own son, he was delighted to do that. He also delights in keeping his promises, and this applies to you. It does not matter what stage you are at in your walk with Jesus Christ. It does not matter if you are a, a, a baby Christian, if you're a very mature Christian that's known him for the longest time. God takes delight in keeping all of his promises to you. And so we do not have to run in our journey, and every one of us is doing that. We're running our own specific journey with an individual story. And here's the beautiful part of this. What we have in common is God's grace. If you know Jesus Christ today, the grace is what we hang on to. And that's what we have in common. And so it means if you have a story in your past that looks like something that uh, just a a movie is made out of because it's so miserable. Or if even recently you have this story of a, a prodigal son or daughter and you've done your best to point them to Jesus Christ and then make bad decision after bad decision. Or maybe you're here today and you have to live with the results of your own sin. What the common denominator is with all of us is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does it matter if you are a leave-it-to-beaver family? Or if you look like a family that came from the um, island of misfit toys, if I can use that reference? What we all have in common is the grace of the Lord Jesus. And when we come to this table, he sees us all that are following him as his children. And how beautiful and how sweet that is. And so you do not have to run your journey with your life dominated by anxiety. You do not have to run your life with it dominated by fear or by uncertainty because every promise of God is for his children. And when Jesus met with his followers, he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. He always brings us back to the cross, to his crucifixion, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That is what all of our hope is in if we follow Jesus Christ today. And because of that, you can h- hang on to every promise. Let me give you one story before we come to the table. Years ago in France, there was a young woman who heard the story of Jesus Christ. She heard about how redemption was available, how she could experience grace and forgiveness, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. Um, not too long after that, she married a young man who would go on to be a pastor. Over the years, she had a special fondness in her heart for the preacher that preached Jesus Christ to her, and so as she had occasion, she would go to his home and visit he and his family. She always enjoyed those times, but one thing that stood out to her was something they had in their home. It was a box, and inside that box, many years ago, there was several pieces of paper, over 200 pieces of paper, and on each piece of paper was written a promise, a promise of God to his children, and that family would be encouraged by that. Maybe um, on a daily basis, they would pull out a promise, perhaps as they bowed their heads around the dinner table, they would pull out a promise and be reminded of that. This young woman was so impressed by that practice by this wonderful pastor that she decided to make her own promise box. Maybe some of you have a box like that or maybe the promises of God written in some location that can remind you. She made her own promise box and she kept it in her house and she hand wrote in French all those promises that were to her. As she went through her life and as she followed her God, Years later, the war came to France, and this woman found herself and her family in a place of extreme poverty. The only regular food that they had were the potato peelings from a restaurant that would give them. That was the only regular food that they had. The shoes were worn to, down to next to nothing on her children and herself and her husband. And at one of her lowest moments, she turned to this promise box And she prayed with her heart and life filled with anxiety and fear and doubt. And she prayed to God and she said, Oh God, of all these promises in here, is there one promise that I can really claim today? That you will genuinely show me that is good for me. And as her eyes were filled with tears and she reached for that box, she knocked it over. And all the promises came out, and they came flying down onto her lap and onto her feet and brushing across her legs. And at that very moment, the Holy Spirit impressed upon her this, every one of these promises is for you, my child. Every one. Something very sweet, even in the most desperate time. God has instructed us to practice the observing of the Lord's Supper until Jesus comes And I want to remind us today that every promise of his word is for you if you follow him today. If you have not figured out yet that there is no better way to live your life than following Jesus Christ. I know there are plenty of things advertising out there that say they're more fun. They'll give you more laughter. They'll give you more joy. Nothing is satisfying in this world except for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're waiting for something, don't wait another day. Make this day the day of your salvation. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I would invite you to join with us. We're going to pass around a little piece of uh, cracker and a cup of juice. And it's symbolic of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And then for those of you who will participate, we're going to sing through this time. And so um, I'm going to encourage you to sing like you're in the shower. Just belt it out. Pretend like God is the one that is listening to you. If you know some harmonies um, of these songs, I would encourage you to do that. I'm going to ask the men that are serving at this time if they would come forward. I'm going to ask everybody else, would you go ahead and stand with us? We're going to sing four verses of We Will Glorify the King of Kings.